We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Jeffrey. What's up, Rob? How are you? Oh, I'm just doing great. You know, I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a, little, a, little, a little frustrated that Belmont decided to have tonight the night where they didn't make a single shot. No, well, it serves you right. It serves you right. Unbelievable. Uh, hold on, let me tweet this out so we can uh, uh, get this out there. Uh, jump on locker room now and ask. Uh, you guys in here right now, you're getting the full Jeff Goodman experience. There's nothing he loves doing more than uh, slowly grinding out his text as he's typing them out like sure. this. The full Jeff Goodman experience. You guys should be, hey, and the phone's dinging while you're on it. So, wow, unbelievable. No, it was dinging. I didn't hear it. I didn't yeah, hear it. Just, it was just a ding, man. It was just a ding. So, Goodman, where are you? Uh, we had a couple weird results already. Um, Iowa went into Madison and whipped up on Wisconsin. It wasn't uh, weird. Why was that weird? I mean, and which, well, and Wichita State knocked off, uh, knocked off Houston. So that was a big one. That let's yeah. start there. I mean, come on, like, like Iowa beating Wisconsin at the Cole Center. Everybody's beating Wisconsin at the Cole Center these days. It, it really is true. I mean, like Wisconsin, Rob Hummel. I'll admit, like, I hate admitting Hummel was right, but he, he was right about Wisconsin. Uh, they're not that good, and like I was still. And I feel like, again, when you're playing, I mean, Garza just abused Nate Reavers completely. And then Micah Potter and whoever else they wanted to throw at him. And, and you know, the one thing with Iowa is they're not um, they're not overmatched athletically by Wisconsin. Oh. So it's a great matchup for them. Yeah. It's like I mean, the greatest matchup. It, I mean, it also just benefits that Wisconsin's not that good. You know, they're just right. not. They're just right. not that good. Um, Wichita was fun though. Like, like, you know, obviously, you know, I was knee deep in that whole Wichita thing with Greg Marshall and really even Isaac Brown to some extent, because I'm talking to players about what they thought of Isaac Brown and, you know, whether he was involved in any of the things and, you know, cause he's been with Marshall for the last five or six years or any of the other coaches were involved and, you know, Boatwright gives him the interim job. And honestly, I don't know how different it is from, when Barry Collier gave Chris Holtman the interim job, when, um, you know, when, uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, my God. 
so old. I can't think of his name right now. Who left uh, Butler? Brad Stevens? No, after <laughs> Brad. After Brad. Tom Lickmeiter? Um, no. Uh, oh, for Holtman? Yeah, Brandon yeah. Miller. Brandon Miller, thank you. Brandon Miller, when he when he left. <laughs> um, yeah, it's late. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that was one. And Greg Gard. Greg Gard, like, like Barry Alvarez, didn't want to give the job to Greg Gard. Remember, both left it early in the season. They were really bad. And then Gard turned it around. And really, Alvarez had no choice. And, and Collier, two former coaches, one football, one basketball, um, they kind of had no choice, gave the guys the job. And both have done – I mean, Holtman's done an incredible job. Gard's done a pretty darn good job overall. Um, and you wonder if Isaac Brown, he's kind of the anti-Greg Marshall in a lot of ways. These guys love playing for him. You can tell. Where, remember, seven guys transferred out. And Morris Udizi was eight. And he decided to come back, frankly, because he just felt like he could play this year because they had no bigs really left at that point on the roster that he thought could beat him out for playing time. Um, so, you know, seven new guys. Altariq Gilbert's one of those. You've seen Altariq play over the last few years. I love Altariq as a kid and as a player back when he was healthy three shoulder surgeries ago. Now, he, he, you know, he looked great in stretches tonight, but he's not the old Altariq Gilbert that I thought would be a pro one day. Yeah, and it, it sucks that his, his career kind of went the way it did. I was so excited about him at UConn. So excited about him. Yeah, because yeah, he was – I mean, he was said to be a, a really, really good player. You know, and, and, and not that he hasn't had a decent career, but, yeah, nobody saw the real – I mean, it, he's, he's been fine. But the, the thing about just being fine is that he was a McDonald's All-American that was right. uh, Harry Giles – point guard on um, CP3 that was supposed to go to UConn to be like the next great guard that went to UConn. Remember, like he came in right on the heels of, uh, it was like Kemba and then Shabazz and then Al Tariq committed in like 2000 and was it 2015? Right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, it's nice. Honestly, it's nice to see him have some uh, some uh, success love him. tonight. Yeah, love he's, the kid. He's, just, he's a great he's a kid. kid. Yep, yep. So that was a big win. And they're, to be honest, the other thing is they're they're right on the um, they're right on the bubble now. They're right there. I mean, how crazy how crazy is that though? How crazy well, is that that all it takes for you to get on the bubble is one top five win? And it's true. Yeah, and, well, and, there there aren't a lot of them. That's the thing is is you look at the teams that have really good wins. And look at the teams that are at the end of, of of getting in the tournament right now. Some of them, I mean, Arkansas a week ago, now people want me to put them in the top 25, and that's fine. Probably They probably deserve to be right around 25, but before last week, they hadn't beaten an at-large tournament team. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing with that, Jeff, is that there were, like, the, the amount of non-conference games were just so limited yeah, that yeah. We're, we're dealing with a sample size where these profiles – they yep. kind of look like what you would expect it to look like in like mid January. So like we're a month behind, more than a month behind what we would expect all of these profiles to look like. And um, like if you if you've ever done any kind of bubble stuff early on in the season, oh, you I know have. like like that shit changes so much. Over well, I say to people of... all the time, I'm like, you can come from completely off the bubble to to completely in the tournament, winning like five straight, like five if yeah. they're the right five straight games, and you get a couple. You know, a couple well, you, top you remember, twenty-five wins. 
remember Syracuse in was it two thousand and six? They were like they were on the wrong yes. side of the bubble. Then they yeah. went through and they they won the Big East tournament. And they ended up with like a five seed. Yeah, Maryland yeah. did that a few years back too, where they were uh, Travis Garrison, um, who hosts our uh, Maryland podcast, yep. always talks about it. When's your big pod? Isn't it dropping tonight? Yeah, it's dropping in three minutes. This is huge. It's a big one. It's like the biggest pod of your life. I don't know if it's the biggest pod of my life. I don't know. I mean, it's a big one for you. It's a big one. It's a good one. It's really good. It's really good. We got PJ coming in and asking to talk. PJ, what's up, man? How you doing? I want to fight you. (laughs) I don't don't blame you. I'd want to fight Dustin, too. Wait, me or Jeff? Jeff. What? He wears what? a St. John's hat now. You know, he he's always hated St. John's. I, I don't just care. On. I just no, you're you're hopping on my the own money. I don't want bandwagoners. I'm not a bandwagoner. Trust you, me, I, you, I'm not you, a bandwagoner. You didn't starve with us. You're not going to eat with us. I respect. <laughs> I respect the way they're playing right now. I respect. Also, Posh. um, can you publicly denounce your statements on April nineteenth, twenty nineteen? What were those statements? I've said a lot of crazy things. What did that I say? Mike Anderson is a horrible hire on every level. Well, has, has he gotten him in the NCAA tournament yet? I, I'm not aware. They're already in. If the you season ended that, today, you said that he couldn't rec- recruit in New York. Are they already in the tournament? Like, if the season ended today, are they in? Like, Rob, are they in? If the they're a year ahead today? of schedule, they're. I think no, they're, he's doing they're a great one job seed. this year. He's doing. They were one seed this year. And no, in the NIT. In the NIT. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Hey, last I checked, um, didn't Chris Mullen have him in the NCAA tournament? In year four with a much better roster. And what did you think of what did you think of the job he did? Horrible. Okay. So listen, I'm not saying he hasn't done a good job. I think Mike Anderson has done a very good job this year. I do. And I think he's got him in a trajectory further ahead than I thought he would have him. Absolutely. But I still want to see it. Like, you still got to get in the tournament. That's okay, awesome. if, if St. John's makes it to the tournament this year, yeah. will you retweet your video that you put on The Athletic from 2019 and say, I am an idiot? Absolutely. <laughs> I will put that, that retweet, the, the athletic video, no question. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you, you put a video on The Athletic, Jeff? Well, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to retweet no, don't, that one. No, like it was a video for the athletic, and it was like you linked it in your tweet. Well, since I don't work for the athletic, who do you work for? Oh, stadium, stadium, stadium. Whatever you want. (laughs) No problem, man. I don't know who you work for. You irrelevant idiot. Yes. All right. Good talking. All right. See you, PJ. I love St. John's fans. St. John's fans. Garrett, what's up, man? What's going on, Rob? What's going on, Jeff? You be more pleasant than that guy. That guy was kind of grumpy. Yeah, uh, I I have a hot take, and uh, I'm not happy saying this, but as a Carolina fan, I think even if North Carolina beats Duke a second time, I still think Duke. I still think Duke could still get in tournament just because, like the like the the way I'm watching, um, the way they play. I think they'll they could Duke could probably they may they may struggle to finish the season, but they'll make they'll win the ACC tournament in some capacity, and they'll make the tournament, and we and we won't get in. And I hate saying that as a Carolina fan, but I think even like Carolina, they they can sweep Duke this year in terms like the regular season, but they'll get bounced early in the ACC tournament. Duke will run the table, and they'll make the NCAA tournament. 
That's my hot take. I hate saying that as a Carolina fan because I hate Duke, but that's what that's my quote unquote. That's my hot take. All I'll say to that is, listen, Duke's schedule is not easy. I mean, they beat NC State at NC State, solid win. NC State's not very good. They beat Wake at Wake. Wake's not very good. You still have five kind of tough games coming up, right? I mean, think about it. You got Virginia at home, Syracuse at home, Louisville at home at Georgia Tech, at North Carolina. There's no gimmies. There's no ones you can say, like, Duke's got to play their A or B game in all of those to win any of them. So, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm not sold that they're going to run the table in the ACC tournament. I, I do think they're better without Jalen Johnson, but but they're still Duke. Like, they're still not – they're still not like your, your, your mom and dad's Duke. Well, uh, Garrett, I'll, I'll, I think that they are in the position that they want to be in when it comes to being able to make this run, right? Like Jeff said, they have they have the the wins that they're going to need to be able to like put themselves in that position. And um, if everything goes according to plan, like they, they got a shot at it, right? And I think given the way that their season started, like you really can't ask for much more than having a shot at it. Does that make sense? So I, I don't. Yeah, that makes sense. So I we'll, we'll see how it ends up playing out, but I'll tell you this much: if they play the rest of the season like they did against NC State and like they did against Wake Forest, like that team is good enough to play in the NCAA tournament. Will that get them to the NCAA tournament? You know, we'll we'll see how things play out. This game against Virginia is it, it, it's probably the most important game of their season, and I, I think it's very hard for them to get an at-large bid if they don't win this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're this, they're they're in a they're in a spot where they can make a run and make it happen, and I think that's really all you can ask for at this point. That's yeah, fair. I have, a, I have a question for Rob and Jeff. Go ahead. Um, when you look at Michigan, just you know, throughout the course of the season, obviously at the three week break, um, just got back, played Wisconsin. I think they're playing Rutgers right now. Um, how are you looking at them as far as a team heading into the tournament? How do you think they're going to do? Not only in the Big Ten tournament, but also in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they match up against just about anybody. Other again, even like Gonzaga and Baylor, I'm not sure they beat them, but I think they can play with either of them because the great thing about Michigan is they they can score and they can guard. Like there just aren't many teams. I don't know what their Ken Palm numbers are. Rob loves that, you know, looking at them all day. He memorizes them. <laughs> I swear, you brought I Ken think, Palm on our show I today. You can't I tell did. me I, I love Ken Palm. You I, I, I love top ten in both. Too. It's seven and seven. So there you go. I mean, that that's pretty impressive. Um, and I, I think Rob actually sleeps with Ken Palm stats under his pillow every night. I think that's I think that's the best no, way to look, eat. Look, I don't sleep with them under my pillow. What I do is I lay in bed and I scroll through the stats until I slowly nod off and fall asleep. Like, get it? If you're going to make fun of me, at least get it right. <laughs> Can I, I piggyback I, on that? And I don't mean to interrupt you, Rob, but I actually wanted to have a take on Michigan. Um, and I'll preface this by saying that I think that right here and now that they have established themselves as the third best team in the country. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But my only you know, complaint would be with the way that their schedule has gone this year. Can we say that they've actually beaten like a great team so far this year? You look yeah, at it across right. the board, there's a lot of good teams that they've beat. And they beat Wisconsin extremely handily. Do we think that Wisconsin's a you know like a great team at this no. point? Do you think that they're going to make a Sweet Sixteen? They go on the road next to Ohio State after this game. That is going to be a good barometer game. 
But you look mm-hmm. across it, they play OSU, Illinois, and Iowa only once, two of the three at home. OSU is yep. the only game on the road. So do we 100% know what, we, what they are? I think they've shown a lot. But do we know until we see those games, you know, if they're a team that can cut down the whole nets? I think it'll be interesting. Um, I, th- I think the best person to answer that question is our resident uh, Big Ten former coach who is in the room. Was I supposed to listen to all that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Miles. What the hell are you doing over there? Tim, Tim, I actually bought you a beer at the Final Four, so you should have listened to it. Well, here's what I think I heard you, you say. He probably keeled over after that one beer. He probably yeah. Well, over. I just well, can't here, here's it. the question: What kind of beer was it? If it was, if it was Coors, Coors Light, I asked him. It was a Coors Light. I it was a dealer's choice, and he okay. chose a Coors Light. Silver Who had to beat anybody baby? any good? It was right after. Uh, it was right after the end of the season too. You just lost your job, so I said, "I feel bad for you." I want to buy <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's what I need—the sympathy beers. Um, for all you college kids, it's what happens when you get old. So, um, uh, you know, uh, first of all, Miles, Michigan, uh, the, get on track. No, no, Michigan. It, I, I get it because they've lost a huge chunk of their season, so they haven't. They have not had their most difficult part of their schedule. It, you know, it's going to get compressed. It's going to get weird. And and that's going to test them. But the Columbia transfer, is that Mike Brown? Is that Mike, his name? Mike Smith. Smith. Mike Smith. Yeah, Mike Smith. Um, man, like, he has been way better. ridiculously yeah. better than I thought he was going to be. I just didn't see it. And those Ivy guys have really done well on that. those big fifth-year transfers or grad yep. transfers or whatever. But um, the, the Big Ten is the class of the class. Michigan and Ohio State. I know Ohio State's um, kind of taking control of Penn State right now, but I, I mean, they they are the class of the group. I don't think there's any question about it. What about Illinois? Yeah, and you, so I don't. Iowa is playing all zone right now, and 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 so I, I'm getting to Illinois. Illinois has been amazing to me because. When they came in at the end of last season, I thought they were they were really doing well, and then you know early in this year they lost, like Missouri was a head scratcher at the time, but now Missouri's done some good things, you know, but and they beat some really good teams, but you know I I they have a closer, uh, they need things to go well for Coburn. Uh, Vishon has got to be more consistent right now. He still disappears in some games and I, I just don't know how far they're going to get like that. You know, I can see him in the second weekend for sure, but final four. I I'm still want can they more. put four straight together? Like they're, they're just a little bit of an inconsistent, a wild card type team. I mean, Doster, here's one for you, miles. Who are you giving national player of the year to? And don't say anything, Doster. Don't mention anything. <laughs> Well, so I know there's a, a big uh, – and I haven't – now, this is off gut because I've yep. not studied the numbers, okay? Got so, it. I mean, you can do – that's a little bit of a gotcha question because I, I need to study it. But in the Big Ten, literally, Desumu, Iowa Desumu is closing hard, you know. But if you look at the complete body of work, even over – and I, it's almost impossible not to go back to last season – when the dude was doing 20 and 10 for yeah, what, 13 night. or 15 straight games. And, and, and then it kind of, you know, like now it becomes the bigger news when he doesn't have a double double, when he doesn't have, 
you know, these huge numbers like, oh, my God, you know, and you're talking about, you know, two out of 10 games or, or 13 games as a post. Yeah. Yeah. So my point is, I believe that he wins player of the year. And just because I don't think a guy in the Pac-12 like Mobley is going to, I just don't think he's in the consciousness yeah, no. enough. No, he can't. No, nobody in the Pac-12 can. I, honestly. It's just not enough competition. Right. Right. And. Yeah, Booknet missed too much time. Yeah, you can't miss that much time. If he had played, played, if he played those, you know, he missed six weeks. I mean, there's no, he's got no shot. Yeah, no, I was just messing around. Uh, Yeah, I love Booknet. I mean, again, I think he's terrific. He's going to win the Jim Calhoun Inspiration Award. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Miles, Miles, I got some stats for you. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, here we go. So, Io DeSumo is is averaging 21 points, six boards, and five assists. Can you name the other high major player since 1992 that's put up those numbers? Well, the obvious answer is no, but I will try. <laughs> um, uh, give them to me again. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. He coaches the team that he played for. Oh shit! That was just an article. Um, is it Tony? Uh, Tony? No, no. Jawan Howard. Nope. Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. There oh, you go. who got that? All Facts Media got it. All Facts Media in the house. Yeah, nice yes, sir. <laughs> nice right. job. Right. Here, I, I got another one for you, Miles. Um, Luca Garza is averaging 24 points, uh, eight boards, and shooting, I think it's now 45% or something like that from three. Um, can you name the one other high major player or one other Division One player that's done that since 1992? Uh, can I phone a friend, Bob? If anyone, if anyone can get it, I, I want to hear it. I'll be very yeah, anybody. What's up? Can you repeat it one more time? So, uh, Luca Garza is averaging twenty-four points, eight board, and eight boards, and shooting forty-five percent from three. Only one other Division One player has done that since nineteen ninety-two. Doug McDermott. What year did they play? Not Doug McDermott. What year? Adam Morrison. Not Adam Morrison. Uh, he played. He was drafted by the Knicks. He's a lefty. Julius? Late 90s. David Lee? Played for TCU. Goodman. You're not you can't get this Goodman? I'm not I'm not listening. I'm Lee Nalen. Lee Nalen. There you go, Miles. Coming through. I didn't, I didn't hear the question. <laughs> Lee Nalen. That's a good he name. He worked for me at the Houston um NCA camp last last summer. Well there you go. Well Is I, he I still just, huge? I, I, I wanted to say that. No, he looks great. He looks like he could really? play. Wow. So I, I wanted to put those numbers out there, Miles, because I wanted to put into context the fact that both of these guys are having unbelievable seasons. Both of them. Uh, no, and that's that almost works against them. Yep. Uh, there's no doubt about it, Robbie. And and the big – did you guys see today that combined the ACC has won 18 quad one games? <laughs> that's it? That's oh, it? yeah. All of and, the and, teams? And I got oh something else God. for you. Oh, Wait till you God. hear this one. The Big East, who, wh- you want to guess their winning percentage in in um, quad one and quad two games, the Big East? It's got to be awful. The Big East stinks this year. People don't realize how bad it's been. Go ahead. No, go it? ahead. Somebody. I don't know. 23%. 23%. You think it's in quad one and two? Yeah, 23%. Take that back. Quad one and two. 18%. <laughs> I don't know. Am I, am I too high or too low? 
Hang on. I'm fine. I'm looking. That's why I'm. Uh, he's stalling. Um, listen. He's stalling. Yeah, he's stalling. trying to research. He pulled off the stat and then he didn't he have didn't it. Know the <laughs> listen, no, I'm, listen, I'm adding. I'm adding. It's hard. So 40, 48 and 71. That's pretty good. That's better than I thought. No, that's their record against Q1 and Q2. Percentage. 48 and 71 against those two. That's like 40%. That's not good. That's way less than 40%. That's like 30. That's kind of my take with the guy. Listen, with St. Can somebody add the percentage for us, please? It's 40. It's 40%. 40% 40%. on the dot. Right. Who knows that? Is that Rob? Yeah, it's me. It's 40% on the dot. Are you counting cards? No. Please leave me at He's got a calculator. No, yeah, he's not. No, no, Why not 40.3%. Yes. I knew he's 40.3%. He's always got his, yeah. his pocket calculator and his Ken Palm stats. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen he, I, he I brings him along everywhere he goes. Everywhere. Hey, Goodman, can I ask yeah. a question? Coach yeah. Miles here. Coach Miles here. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Of yes. you and Rob Doster and Ken Pomeroy, who yeah. would you consider the best groomed of that group on that uh, – best bets today. He looked pretty good. He looked good oh, my God. He looked good with that, that. What was that he was wearing in his head? He had a mullet. Like he's got like a mullet, and then yeah. he had a hat. That was a full mullet? Yeah. Look, I mean, it has to be. Or flow. Listen, just you guys, listen, you guys who live out there in, in Nebraska and Utah, like, who knows <laughs> what your hair looks like right now, Miles? Listen, man, you should see our basements. There's like shooting ranges down there and <laughs> ammo. <laughs> I got a question. Who do you guys think is going to be freshman of the year in the name? Evan Mobley. 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 I'm on team I Mobley, just don't think name. he will. Here's why I don't think he will, because he's in the Pac-12, and I don't think anybody sees him. Fair. You're not wrong, but he's so good. Oh, he's really good. So is Cade. So is Suggs. It, it, it will, he will need to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And I don't know when the voting is, but I agree he needs more attention and more eyes on You know what I worry about with Mobley? Here, here's the one thing I can't get out of my head. When, when, when talking to Evan Mobley before the season, he's like the sweetest kid in the world, by the way. But, but the, the big thing with him was, and he admitted it, he said, I didn't really love basketball when I was younger at all. And, like, he can't convince you he loves it now because he talks like this. So, like, whatever he says out of his mouth, he could say, I love basketball more than anything in the effing world. But when he's saying it like this, you're just like, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Like, I want to hear some fire in him that now he loves basketball. So you're saying he gives a crappy interview so he can't win uh, freshman of the year? Yes, that absolutely. That's 100% true. That's know, exactly what – that's how – Did I ever tell you my Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins story, Miles? My say that again? My Andrew Wiggins story, Bill Self still kills me about it, kills me. Andrew Wiggins, I interviewed him before his freshman year, and I'd already seen him play 100 times, but I interviewed him. He didn't look up at me in 20 minutes. He he looked down at the floor for the entire 20 minutes. He's pretty shy, whatever. So within a story in the middle of the season, I just – I never bought into Andrew Wiggins completely. Um, One of the things I put in there was that he had no eye contact with me in 20 minutes in an interview. And – Bill Self crushed me for it. Absolutely crushed me. You said Andrew Wiggins sucks because he never looked at you. He never. I'm like, no, no. It was just a piece of what I was saying that I, I just, I question him in so many different ways. Um, and, and still to this day, I feel like he's not a killer. Like he's got, he, he almost like wilts under any sort of pressure. 
And there was a lot of pressure of me interviewing him. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Hey, you uh, you should go um, interview some Norwegian kids in North Dakota, northern Minnesota. They won't look <laughs> at you for an hour and a half, man. <laughs> Jeff, I actually have a question. Um, go ahead. How are what's kind of since you getting on the draft this year and what teams are thinking about doing? I know it's obviously in the middle of the season, but there are obviously teams that are looking more so toward the draft than others. Um, have you heard anything about that? Say that again. Teams, NBA teams. Yes. That are that are well. I mean, obviously, you you know, you got the 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 teams like Detroit that are going to build through the draft now, and they're they're trying to tank, and they don't mm-hmm. even have to try; they just stink. Other than beating, other than beating the Celtics last week, um, you know Washington. You know, you look at Tommy Shepard, GM at Washington. And he's he's out a ton. Uh, traditionally, does a ton with the draft when he worked with Ernie Grunfeld. So he's a guy who's really been heavily involved. Does a good job scouting. You know, and if they can get a guy to try to be able to keep Brad Beal, uh, and I think this draft again, like the top of the draft, is so much better in my opinion. And I know Lamelo's mm-hmm. playing well, but I, I don't. I still say LaMelo is going to be a really good player, but he can't be a great player until he gets his shot right consistently and, and mm-hmm. fixes those mechanics. And I don't trust Anthony Edwards. And I think Wiseman's a good piece. But I think all the guys in this draft, the top three that we've mentioned so far, all have a chance to be really, really good. I don't know if stars, but maybe stars between Cade, Suggs, and, and Mobley. Like mm-hmm. all three of them have to probably get better shooting the basketball. But I think, especially Suggs and Cade, they've gotten mm-hmm. better already. Like they've, there's been a significant jump in their perimeter shot from what I saw them in AAU in high school to now. And if, and I think they're workers. I don't know Mobley well enough, so I can't really say whether he's a killer worker. But I think Cade and Suggs are going to work their their asses off to get better from that standpoint. And that's really their one. I think they're one major weakness. And and Cade might have a little bit different because Cade Cade's so big and strong that I think he's gonna have more trouble at the next level, to be honest, than maybe Jalen Suggs, because mm. I just think Suggs is he's athletic, he's quick, he can do everything. He's so good defensively with his anticipation. Um I, I you know, I don't know. I mean I think the argument's there to be had for who's the number one pick right now. Mm-hmm. So also, I, I I think it's Evan Mobley. I think I, I think I've gotten to the point where I would take Evan Mobley number one overall. I think that he may not end up with the best numbers out of anyone in this draft, and like he may not be the guy with all the highlights. But I, I kind of think that when we look at this draft, like fifteen years from now, he's going to be the guy that has the most success on the best teams. Like I just feel like he's a dude that's built to win. He's built to play the five at the NBA level. Teams are looking for guys that can do the things that he can do, like play on the perimeter, pass shot, uh, pass the way he can pass block shots, switch. Like, he's just – he is so good defensively at, at just limiting and taking away the things you want to do. Like, I, I I love Evan Mobley. I, I might take him number one overall. I don't know. You you change every week. Rob, Rob, I do. Kate, I do. But that should, tell you how good, that should tell you how good it is at the it is. top, at the top of this draft. Yes. After that, I think it, it levels off. I don't think it's much different after the top, like, five or so than it was last year, but the top five are much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff, awesome. I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, really more of a hot take. I know uh, Duke, we already had a Duke take. I'm a Duke fan, mm-hmm. and you've been giving us a lot of crap, as you should, as you should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that there is a possibility. I say we go 4-1 and one the rest of the season. I think we either lose to UVA 
or North Carolina, preferably North Carolina, obviously. But if we go four and one with a UNC loss, get into the ACC tournament as a six through eight seed, that's what I think we'll be. Okay. And we can make it to the semis at least, preferably a championship game. Do you think that is enough for the committee to give us a yeah. nudge into yeah. the hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred? What? Because if, if you go that? four and one, you get wins over Virginia and Louisville. Those are two tournament teams. Syracuse yeah. and, and Georgia Tech are both, I think, in the fifties in their rank in their net ranking. So that that will help you. So you go four and one, and I don't care if you lose to Carolina or you lose to really. You, you need to beat Virginia. Like, that's the one yeah. coming up here this weekend. You, you kind of have to beat Virginia. You know why? I don't think Virginia is as good as, as Ken Palm does, but Ken Palm freaking loves them. Loves them. And yeah, I don't I don't think Virginia is that good either. Plus, when we played Louisville the last time, Mark Williams didn't even touch the floor, I don't think. So, it's a whole different dynamic in that game as well. So, I just think the way they're playing now is – it's if just, Louisville, yeah, if Louisville even plays by then, I mean, they got another very clear, another very positive. Clear. Who knows? Who knows with them? But yes, so we're making the tournament. I'm just well. Listen, with, with, without Jalen, <laughs> I, I actually have way more confidence without Jalen than I ever did with him, and Bob I can well. attest to that. You know, like you know, I don't know if you you remember, but back in December, like they had issues with him. Yeah, and it wasn't just the foot, and he's never been bought in completely. And now, I mean, the, like the first game, they argue, or the first or second game, he was second Coach game. K and him got into it yeah. on the bench. So, yep. yeah, for sure. So, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks, I wanted Brad. to throw one more Big Ten question while Tim's in here. Yeah. Um, we saw EJ Liddell obviously take a huge step from freshman to sophomore year. Yes, you had to pick a guy freshman this year that's going to make that kind of leap next year. And I almost want to take out Hunter Dickinson because I think we've really seen how good he could be already. Take him out of equation. If you had to look at who would you take um, a freshman this year that's going to make that kind of leap and have that kind of impact or production on their team next year? That's a good, good question. Um, Let me think here. Um, I think when you go to Illinois, Corbello. Uh, yeah, I mean that's I mean both those guys, but Corbello's always already done some really good things. But I got it, but he can't shoot the three. You know, right, right. Um, a guy that I think's you know got a chance to develop into an NBA two guard is Adam Miller, and and I don't think he's been great this year. He hasn't uh, and, started and off he, so well, but yeah, but he's a kid that's got to take that next step. Uh, up and forward, and I think he's he's got a great opportunity to do it too. That's a good answer. What about you, Rob? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, all the freshmen that have been um, that that we've been really talking about have been the guys that are going to end up leaving and going pro. Hold on, let me look. At, I'm going to bring up the the top 100 list from 24 seven, so I have something to go. I'll with. I'll give you a couple names there. Yeah, well, Jay Nive is the guy that you got to be taking a look at for Who? Purdue. I think that Who? he has. Oh, I mean, yeah, Ivy's oh. a great one. He's he's a, great he's a special one. player that I think could really develop into something. Love and it. I like Keegan Murray from Iowa too. Good call. Good yeah, call. Yep. both calls. are good calls. Call. How about Jamal? What about what about uh, Maryland? The kid at Maryland, Wiggins, or the other one? No, no, no. The freshman, James. Oh, Graham. freshman, freshman. Uh, oh, Graham. James. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a chance. They're not like playing him at all. Like, he's not even getting off the bench <laughs> in them games. I've been to, I know. I've been to like four or five of their games, and he he never played. 
I, I, I like him. You know what I mean? And he's, but again, we're talking about jumps. So, yeah, his role's not great this year, but what could it be next year? You never know. Yeah, I think you got to almost Cam- look. Well, you got to look for those teams that are going to lose a ton. You know, like Keegan Murray's a great one because obviously they're yeah. going to lose so much. If somebody, I mean, he'll be the guy. I don't think they'll be very good next year unless all those kids come back because they can't. You think Wee's Camp comes good. back? Or you think he's gone? No, he's gone. He's gone. He was close to gone last year. NBA guys really like him. Like, I yeah. get a ton of NBA guys asking me about him because, again, he can shoot the hell out of it. Um, Positional you know, size. Can, yeah, like, he, he's a guy that can do at least one thing pretty darn well. And and I think if you're you're drafting him in the 20s or 30s, you know, they feel like that's pretty good value. Well, you know what happened, Jeff? Everyone saw what Duncan Robinson can do in the threat yes. that his sprinting and shooting can provide. And now everyone's going to try to find the next Duncan I Robinson. I think that's so that's what that's like that's the, the best end. comparison. I think is is Duncan Robinson. He's the tall, tall guard <laughs> slash. Duncan's like six eight. Exactly eight. Way better too. What's that? Say it again. I said Wieskamp can put it on the deck way better than Duncan. Yes, ever. way better, way better. But Duncan's such an elite shooter. Yeah, I mean Duncan, Duncan's like six, a top eight. five shooter in the world. Maybe the best Crazy. shooter in the world. Hey guys, I'm going to interject hey, for a second before I go. And yeah. I just want to say, yeah, and just think about this, and 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 it, you feel like answering or not, but I wonder if more kids will go and leave college basketball this year than previously, because there's no hook. There's not that emotional, right. you know, swing you get from games, like yeah. with the crowd yeah. and feeding yep. off that energy. I just yep. like, like you know, it kind of feels like an AU game, really, or you know, all that crap. And, and it's just been a tough if, year. And, and yeah. also you've had multiple pauses on most teams. And, like, it's a I think grind. a lot of these guys are checked out. Like, they can be checked out. I, I'm just curious if yeah. you guys think more guys will go this year. And, and maybe, what, 10% more, 20% more? I don't know, you know, what that number is. You know, but it could be balanced The only thing I would say to that team is It could be balanced out because you can come back to school and get yeah. the extra year this year. So I, I don't think there will be that many kids that do that. But I think if you're – listen, if you're a mid-major, if you're an elite mid-major kid right now and a senior and Kentucky or some blue blood comes calling and you can do an extra year, like that's what I'm – if I'm Kentucky, that's how I'm building this thing back. I'm just – I'm looking down the list, and I hate to say it, but I would be doing this and looking at the best mid-major players who are seniors. Don't don't start naming names that way. I'm don't not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. But I'm just saying that's what I'm doing. Like I need a point guard. Okay, I'm getting the best mid-major like Louisville did with Carleek Jones to some degree. I don't know if they plucked him, but when he went to the portal, Huggins middle of the season. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, comment on what, what what they did to Radford's, you know, star player. I have no idea, but but I think you're gonna see a lot of that this year, a lot of it. Hey boys, thanks very much. I gotta go. Uh, Manscape is calling my name, so I gotta hustle out of here. <laughs> See ya. Later, Timmy. Later, Miles. Oh boy. Oh, oh, hey, uh, Jeff and Rob, question yeah. for you guys. Um, what's your take on Colorado State right now? Obviously, they you know had that series versus Nevada canceled, but I mean, me personally, I think they you know they should be comfortably in at this point. Obviously, with what they've done in, in conference, but I mean, what's your guys' take on them so far? I don't think they're comfortably in. I think they're probably a little bit off. I don't think they're in today. I mean, again, you just look at, at that league right now, and, yeah, there's three teams. The problem is 
you got three or four good teams, but you don't have a great team this year. You know, like yeah. San Diego State hasn't been great. Uh, and if you look at their non-conference in Colorado State, they really didn't play anybody because they didn't get anybody. Remember, they were shut down for most of it. So they didn't really have a chance to play anybody. Uh, you lose to St. Mary's early. And, and again, you're kind of splitting against whether it's San Diego State, whether it's Utah State, whether it's Boise. I'm not sure if that's going to do enough to get you in. San Diego State's numbers are better. Um, I think Boise, if they if if they win, uh, right? They have another one, don't they? Against Utah State tonight, tomorrow, right? Do they yeah, yeah Boise, Utah play on uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night. Yeah. So that's a huge one. If Bo- to me, if Boise wins that one, that one, they're probably in as long as they don't get swept by San Diego State. Like Aaron, if they I'll, win, I'll tell you this much, Aaron. They're they're a lot closer than I I realized. Yeah, they're um, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean they're thirteen and four. They they got a top fifty net. Um, they got two top fifty wins. They're like their their bad losses. Um, is just a quad Saint two Mary's. like this. Yeah, it's Saint Mary's by twenty. Right. It was yeah, like I mean, it's a quad. It's a quad there. one loss. Saint Mary's is a yeah. quad one opponent. Like that's and so well, it's only going to go up. Yeah, and right. technically their worst loss is at home to Boise State. Like that's their quad two loss is at home to Boise yeah. State. That's why I was thinking like they should be more so. Trending towards in because actually you've been Boise, you've been Utah State, you've been yeah. San Diego State, and they don't yeah. necessarily have any terrible losses. Um, I was kind of thinking the same thing with, with Wichita. Like obviously, you know, they got the win over Houston tonight, and they don't really have. Obviously, they, they lost to Memphis earlier about twenty, but like Etienne no and uh, right, Etienne and um and uh, wow, like, and Al Tariq like yeah. didn't shoot the ball well at all. So I'm like, all right, I look at that team. They don't really have any bad losses. They have a great win over Houston, you know. Yep. I, I thought like their case should be a little stronger than, than what it than what it's sounding like uh, right now. Well, I mean, now that they got the win over Houston, like we, we talked about that'll that jump over. from huge. Yeah, yeah. that that'll, is huge. That's a game make, I mean, think about it. You get a top ten win right now. You know, like that. I don't know what their net was. You know what their net was, Rob? Um, looking what at it right think? now, their net right now is seventy seven. But I don't. It, think I bet you it goes. In. Yeah, that factors yeah. in the win. Right? No, no, that didn't factor the win in. So, like, does, that, they could go 77. I, they wouldn't shock me if they're in, like, 58 tomorrow. They can move up that much with a win like that. Uh, you know what's crazy? Do you want to know what their RPI is right now? What, what, RPI still exists? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's on the on the site that I use to check the net. The RPI is there. They're 22nd yeah. in the RPI. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, why, that's why the RPI should be blown up and was blown up and shouldn't be listed <laughs> anywhere. Does Jerry Palm still actually like? Does he use the RPI, Rob? I, I have no idea. Did he change? Like, like I don't understand that. Like, wasn't he <clears throat> Mister RPI? Yeah, he ran the he ran the website collegerpi.com right. or something like that back. Right then. when they blew up the RPI, did they blow up Jerry Palm? <laughs> no, he was actually on Lockman the other day. He was in Rayfell's room. Really? Yeah, I like Jerry, but I don't I don't quite understand that. I think you got to reinvent yourself there. Hey, Rob. <laughs> Yo. Quick question. Um, I know I saw you open up the chat after the UConn Providence game. I didn't get an opportunity to say anything, so I'll take this opportunity to shift gears to UConn here. First of all, my hot take is James Booknight is going to be a top ten pick next year. But second of all, um, just curious to hear you guys' thoughts on the big game on Saturday against Nova and how important it is for them and their, you know, postseason opportunities. I think they got to get it. I mean, I think they have to 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 win that game. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they're quite in a position where, like, they're out with a loss. But you got to remember, like, 
they don't their profile the only reason their profile is like in the conversation at this moment is because James Booknight missed all those games and that's going to be taken into account by the committee that that he missed all of those games um so like they have to Did you like what Ken Palm said? Did you like what Ken Palm said to us today cuz I I kind of fought on that like I I, I don't know which way I side. Uh, I mean he's the the problem is like the way that we we rate we rate teams on how good they are. We don't we don't see them based on accomplishment. So like that that's where the difference lies to me, right? And if we're rating teams on how good they are, then we should be rating them on how good they are based off of what they have on the floor, not ranking them based off of accomplishment. No, but we when but we rank players. them based on but but a lot of people rank them based off accomplishment and how good. Like I think that's the problem. I think it's it's cut and dry. It's one or the other. We rank them either on accomplishment. Or how good they are. Why can't we combine both? Well, I mean, the biggest problem with college – like that that is the biggest issue with college basketball. It is the only sport in the world – well, maybe besides college football where um, we, we pick who's going to, like, the tournament and stuff. And that's why yeah. you, we, we end up having these conversations. But, I mean, to answer your question about, like, UConn, they got to get that game on, on Saturday. Right, Jeff? Like, they, they got to be Nova. Yeah, um, I mean, to feel good about themselves. Yeah, I, I think otherwise then you – you probably have to uh, go to the big – I mean, you hate to say you got to yet because, again, if you run four or five – I mean, you got to. Remember the Kemba year? Yep. Well, yeah, they, they didn't at the end of the regular season. Do, do I remember the Kemba year? No, remember right. what happened. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember being in the locker room after the last regular season game, and, like, they were so dejected. Like, season was over. It was that locker room. They have a locker room where they do all their media stuff. And I just remember seeing Kemba, and Kemba's always smiling. He, They were miserable. They they thought they had no shot at that point. And uh, so I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, it's still too early to say, like, they got to get it. Like, if they don't get it, it's still Villanova. It's still going to help their numbers. And, and to me, if you can go on a run down the stretch, which they'll still have every opportunity to do because, frankly – even if they don't get Villanova. Well, I right? mean, here's here's the problem. They're at Georgetown. They get yep. Marquette at home. They're Let's at say Seton they get Hall. them all. Right. Let's say well, they Seton, get all those. The Seton, Hall, or the Seton Hall road game will be another quad one opportunity. Yeah, but yeah, I, let's I, say still, you go to the finals. Let's say you go to the finals of the Big East tournament. You do that. You you go four or five. You lose to Villanova. You win the other four. So you win, you win your last four, and then you go to the finals of the Big East tournament. You're telling me you're not in? Of course you're in. Oh, of course. Of course they are. You're not even first four. You're in. You're in. Yeah, I'm you telling might, you, you're you in. Right. You're like a ten seed if you do that. You you might you might be right. Um, can I tell you my favorite memory of that that Kemba run? Go ahead. So it was uh it was at Madison Square Garden. It was the the pit game. Remember when he hit the step yeah. back with Gary McGee and made him fall? Yep. Um, and Goodman, you'll know where the seat is. The, the, the where the media was was yep. the, was those seats like behind the basket, kind of up from the side of the bench. Yep. And I'm I'm sitting like three rows up in that, and everybody in the media section um, is all like standing up because that's the only way you can see over like the front row of people. And Kemba hits that step back, and it goes in, and the place just erupts. It's like two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon because I think yeah. that, that was the first game of the day, and the place just goes crazy because for the Big East tournament, the UConn uh, they always sell it out. It's always packed with UConn fans. So he hits the shot. The place is going nuts. It's as loud as it can possibly get in Madison Square Garden. And I look in front of me, and whoever the right—I don't know who it was. It was some writer, some guy with a, a press pass—is completely okay. passed out, laying Shut back, up. like with his mouth open and his head hanging off of the back of the chair, falling backwards. Fast. It wasn't Paris. 
it wasn't Paris. Paris. It wasn't Paris. And he uh-huh. didn't up uh-huh. and snored. And I'm like, what do you, how, how do you sleep through that? How do you sleep through that moment? I can understand sleeping through stuff. Can't believe you didn't wake him up. No, Kemba could not wake him up. Not enough energy from Kemba. Jeff, Rob, I have a question for you guys. Um, How do you feel about BJ Boston as a draft prospect? I still still like him a lot. Um, As an NBA prospect, I was just wondering what you guys, how you guys felt. Rob, you want to start? My big thing with BJ is like, I kind of profiled him as a guy that was coming in as like, a bucket getter, right? Like someone you're, you're drafting him, you're bringing him into your NBA organization because he's a guy that can score. Um, and for so long, like he just was not making any shots. Now he's kind of turned that around a little bit. He, he's got a shooting percentage of, I think he's at like 30% now from three and, and uh, 37% from the floor. And, and that's not very good, but it should kind of put in perspective where he was earlier on this season. And he doesn't really do much else. For me, like I don't think he's a great defender at this point. Like he's not really a great rebounder. Um, so you're you're basically drafting him because he's going to be a guy that can get that, like kind of like a mini Brandon Ingram, um, if that makes sense. And uh, if he can be that guy, then he's very intriguing to me. I'm just not 100% convinced that he can be at this point in his development. Jeff, what do you think? I, I thought he'd be really good. I missed on him. I, I think I hit it on Terrence Clark. But I thought Brandon Boston would be a lot better than than he has been. But again, I think it's hard because he hasn't really played with a point guard, right? Like Devin asked, like nobody's made his life easier. He's had to do way more than he should. The players around him just aren't good enough, right? So like, I'm not saying he's a star, but like his percentages would have been way better to me if he had had somebody getting them easy shots, uh, getting. I mean, think of how bad his confidence was early in the year. You remember he missed every shot, not just threes, every single shot. And uh, I think his confidence was was completely shot. He's been much better. I actually think he's been rebounding the ball better, playing tougher, defending a little better. I'd still take Brandon Boston in the 20s and be okay with it. I don't know if I'd take him in the lottery. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it too. You know, it's, it's more of a gamble now. Um, but I do still think like – He's he still did those things that he did in high school, right? Like he still he, he still has that in him. It's just we haven't really seen it as much this season. Now, like I said, he's been a little bit better over the course of like the last two and a half and three weeks. And I think he's actually kind of like a perfect example of um, what makes evaluating prospects this year so difficult, especially the freshmen, because like they didn't get the time to acclimate. You know, they, they didn't get the time to get to know uh, their teammates and to know their coaches and to know – um, the program and to know everything that's going on within that team the way that they normally would. So um, I, I kind of I empathize with them a little bit, and I think that there's a little bit more wiggle room to say, like, okay, maybe this was just a, a weird season that messed them up. So um, I don't know. Do you know what they're going to do with workouts and stuff like Jeff, like, like that, Jeff? Do you have any sense on, on what that's going to be like this year? Well, the draft's probably going to be pushed back to July, I think, from from the way it sounds at this point, or August, somewhere around there. So it's going to be back another month or so. I mean, I think they're hoping to have a real combine this year. You know, I, I, I think they're hoping not to have it virtually and have it in person and be able to do something this year by that point. Um, and, and, yeah, I think they'll have team workouts. I just think it'll be different. You know, obviously it won't be like it, like it was two years ago, but – uh, it also won't be like it was last year. Right. Hey, I, I got it. Go ahead. Fellas, I got one for you. 
Edgar Walker here. It's cool to be in the room seeing Aaron Robinson, who I covered in high school, and Ricky Gullings, who's a fellow DMV Hoops uh, lifer there. <laughs> but uh, I, I had a question, but before I jumped into that, I, I pulled up Brandon Boston's bio on the Kentucky website. It's one of the best, like, personal sections I've ever seen. It's the usual, like, born November 28th, Sid Lang's major. And it says his most prized possession is the dollar bill he keeps in his shoe. Yeah. His favorite yeah. food is barbecue wings. And then there's a bunch of other things. And it says he eats candy before games. I, I can't. I can't believe that that's a, a positive, you know, pregame nutrition routine from Mr. <laughs> Boston. But yes, sir, it's on the Kentucky website. Get a lot, but it's uh, it's quite something. Um, wanted to jump in and ask, you know, you guys are running this podcast network and learning a lot about about the the world of college hoops this year, as you already knew so much about. Any surprising fan bases or surprising things that uh, you didn't know before the year? Any fan bases or or moments that have been real surprising on this? <laughs> oh, fan bases. Yeah, we can agree. Rob and I can agree on one this year. You know, generally, I think I'll, I'll, I'll probably get a little more heat than Rob will. I think we share it with Virginia fans this year. Um, I didn't rank Virginia after the first, like, two weeks because I was down in the bubble and, and they lost uh, right out of the gates. And then they almost lost to, to Kent State in overtime. And then they got blown against Gonzaga. And I just don't think the ACC is very good. So I, like, refuse to rank them. Uh, and and still don't have them as high as Virginia fans would like me to. So they like, they're ruthless. They are ruthless. And and again, I've dealt with Kentucky fans. I've dealt with, you know, my alma mater. Arizona hates me. Uh, Virginia was pretty bad. They're they're pretty uh, vocal. Yeah, they were they were very annoying. The St. John's fans have kind of been uh, been a little overwhelming. We had one. I don't know who was in here before, but the first guy that jumped on this. Started screaming at Jeff and and dropped a couple insults and uh, he avoided okay. uh, cursing at him. But it was like it was like oh this this is getting awkward. This this is a little bit weird. Some down. I think he had had a few. I think he had had a few. I hope he had had a few. <laughs> a few. I, I had a question about uh, some of the coaching jobs. I, I, my ears not to the ground as much as it used to be. You know what jobs you see really coming open and and which ones you think both of you and Robin and Jeff. Um, which ones you think may be saved as a result of one not to pay um, the, you know, the buyout or not want to hire a self uh, search firm. Yeah. I mean, I think the Paul is going to open. Uh, I think New Mexico is going to open. Uh, those are two that I feel pretty confident about, you know, Iowa state, I think he could save himself another year. Cause again, I think in this, you know, this day and age right now, this year, Steve Prohm's pretty likable, you know, obviously they're not doing what, and they owe him a decent amount of money. Even Bruce Weber, they only owe him two million. But like again, Bruce Weber, pretty likable. You know, he's been up and down at Kansas State. They've been bad. The, the, this the crazy, year. not to cut you off, Jeff, but the crazy yeah. thing about Bruce Weber is that literally less than two years ago, he right. ended the Kansas streak of Big Twelve championships. Big Twelve yeah. championships. Yeah. Less amazing. than two years ago, like I, I just. I know it's been a bad year, and I know it's been up and down. I know Kansas State fans are frustrated, but like I, I just don't think you can get rid of that guy that quickly after doing something like that. Uh, that just seems seems a little much to me. I don't know. My my wrong. There are a lot of jobs already open, Ricky. I mean, think about it. There's there's three, four, you know, decent jobs already open with Penn State. I don't know if they're great jobs. BC and Wichita State, who I hope to hell gives it to, to Isaac Brown after tonight's win against Houston. Uh, I think he deserves it. And uh, yes. I'm going to keep putting pressure on on their AD Darren Boatwright to uh, to make the right decision here, 
and hire Isaac Brown, who's like the anti-Greg Marshall from everything I've been told, which um, is a good thing for Isaac Brown and for the players <laughs> in particular. Um, BC is a hard one for me to figure out. I live here. You know, I've, I've been around BC. How about their fans, Rob? They've been coming at me. I was gonna say, Jeff. I've enjoyed watching that wow. on Twitter. <laughs> the last crazy. Wait, he like, has fans. It's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they, um, and, and the dumbest thing. Here's the dumbest thing about him is nobody has been more vocal since day one that Jim Christian was the wrong hire than me. Nobody, like, not a good hire. Was never gonna get it done. Should have been fired two years ago. Blah 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 blah. But two weeks ago. When you're the AD and you, you, you try to put him out there with four scholarship players, that's just an asshole thing to do. That's just not the right thing to do to Jim Christian, to the kids. And, and all the BC fans now are like, well, he should have been fired last year. Yes, he should have been. But why do you have to fire him with three weeks left in the regular season? You're, you're not getting a head start on this. Like they think you're going to start calling these coaches and Kevin Willard's going to pick up the phone because the job is, is open right now. He's not. He's in the middle of a season. You're going to go through an agent anyway. And the agent's going to tell you whether the coach has any interest. And the agent's going to say, hey, you know what? He's interested. Let's talk once he gets bounced out of the NCAA tournament or doesn't make it to the NCAA tournament. So you, if you're Patrick Kraft, you're not getting a head start in this anyway. Do the right thing. You're in the middle of a pandemic. These kids have been through enough. Let the guy finish out the season. Or just go to Jim Christian and say, hey, hey, Jim, here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire you at the end of the year. It's your, cho- it's your choice. If you want to finish out the season, it's your call. If you want to leave now, that's, that's totally up to you. So that way, Patrick Kraft doesn't look like a complete asshole doing it. I mean, when you made a when you made a comment about Spinelli, man, that was that was hilarious. That, that's my guy, but yeah, so I think you told him hire Scott Spinelli for the next couple of weeks. Right. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on, Scott's you're not giving Scott Spinelli can't get a low major head coaching job. Uh, you're not going to hire him at Boston. I have a College. beer with him, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Spinner Spinner is a guy that um, uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna hold my tongue. I'm gonna bite my tongue on this one. I'm gonna bite my tongue. Okay. I, Which I don't often do. I yeah, I have another question. Do. Yeah. Um, oh. How do you think Georgetown's going to handle Patrick Ewing? Because obviously, you know, he went there. But I think it's getting to the point now where they might have to consider moving on from just because they haven't been winning, especially at a school like that. Um, what do you think they're going to do with him? I, I think Jeff and I might disagree on this one. Uh, that, that was Caleb. I think that Caleb yes. was you, right? Yeah. So I, I think Jeff and I might disagree. I think that you need to give him more time. Um, I think that he had it to the point where it, it was um, – they were going to get that thing going if the, the bottom didn't fall out last year. And I don't know how much of what happened last season you can necessarily pin on 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 Patrick, right? And so I, if I'm Georgetown, I, I give him more time. Um, I know we got some D.C. guys in here, and I know Goodman's got some opinions on this. Uh, but I think that you got to give him, give him more time. And look – they're playing better now than they were at the start of the season. Like, you can kind of see the improvement coming. I, I just – I fully on, believe that you got to give on. them, like, a couple more years. Oh, yes. Christ. I think you do. You know, like, Georgetown's such a good job. And, like, it we is. have no expectations on it now. Like, you can't have – you can't be going into year four with 0 for 4 at Georgetown. Like, no. No. Like, no, he's not going to get it done. He's not. We'll see. Not. He, I think you he, give him at least one more year and see what happens. I fine. Think you can give him one more year. You can give him 10 more years. He's not going to get it done. Period. 
He's just not. Like, like Georgetown's too good a job, and, and the guys, you know, JT3 struggled at the end. I thought Patrick Ewing was the wrong hire. But I'll say that, again, the only one I've been wrong. I've been wrong on two of them. Okay, I've been wrong on two former NBA guys with $100 million in their bank, maybe two and a half, with $100 million in their bank account that have succeeded. And one of them, I, I'm actually going to say, one of them was Fred Hoiberg, who now is, is not doing it at Nebraska. And I think he got very, very, very lucky at Iowa State, taking some second-chance kids, going transfers, whatever. Now you're seeing, to me, more of probably the, red, the real Fred Hoiberg in college. Uh, and number two, obviously, is Juwan Howard right now, who's absolutely crushing it. The other one Juwan is, is so good, man. He's so good. I was so wrong. I love the hire, bro, because I'm actually yeah. a Michigan fan. When I first found out that he was going to be our head coach, dude, I hey, I love the hire. And I'm I glad just, I like You know it. what I think? Here, here's, here's my thing with Juwan, and I say this now. Like, I thought Ed Cooley would be a great hire, too, because I think he can recruit. At, at Michigan, he would kill it, recruiting. I'm not, From, you know. So I, the thing with Juwan that, that I think was so smart with him was he kept Saudi Washington, who was already on staff. Yeah. People love yep. Saudi. Yep. They love him. So he's already on staff. He can help you with recruiting. AU coaches already know him in the area in the Midwest. He's already been at the mid-major level in the Midwest. Then you hire Martelli, who's, mm-hmm. who's just been fired and has coached so many years and, and has a strong opinion. So he, he would feel comfortable telling Juwan, when maybe a lot of other guys are just going to be yes men. Martelli's not that. And then you bring in Howard Isley, your one NBA guy, who um, who's really good, really smart, high character. So, like, all three were so different. And two of them had college experience. So, like, I, I just he, just really smart, just a really good staff. Yeah, I also think with Juwan, he's so personable, too, like, as yep. a person. Like, I think that was a big thing for him as well. Yeah, I mean. Just so, so well liked. Like, he's so chill, though. Like, no, he's relaxed. My favorite thing about Jawan, too, is he's he's a big players coach and he has a certain fuck you about himself, too. Like, I remember when Chandi Brown got a tech and then he threw a backdoor lob for him the very next play. And then Mike Smith against Wisconsin got like elbowed in the back of the head against Brad Davidson and then he gave him an ISO the very next play after that too. Mm-hmm. Like like his guys like him. Like you can tell that they like they like him a lot. Juwan's such a fucking monster, bro. I swear. And it's gonna be fun watching him next season because he's the top recruiting class right now. I thought we were gonna get um Isaiah Ty last year because he was supposed to come before he went to the G League. It's better that he didn't. It's way better. Mm-hmm. Because he he wouldn't have been happy. He wouldn't have been yeah. happy coming in behind Hunter, and I don't think you could have played him and Hunter together. But but I will say this. Isaiah Todd should have gone to Michigan because, man, think yeah. of how much you want would have helped that kid. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We're getting Caleb Houston next year. Yeah. Musa yeah. Diabate from ING. Um, it's going to keep rolling, man. Gonna it's going to yeah, keep rolling. Definitely. I'm excited you know, for my You don't miss team. It's funny. It's crazy to say. I mean, you miss Beeline because Beeline was such a great coach, and he obviously took him to championship games. Juwan hasn't done that yet. But, but again, I mean, you're looking at it right now. Michigan, I thought this could be a letdown game at home against Rutgers. They're up 13. Yeah, we're up. You know, probably going to win by double figures. We'll see yeah. in your second game back from a pause. That's yep. pretty damn impressive. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, good, man. 
I got a, I got one quick thing really quick. Um, for me, I feel like one team that I really don't like this year is Alabama. Um, I think the thing for me with Alabama is their play style. They went all in on analytics, yeah. and I think they're the Houston Rockets of college. Like, they're all threes, they're layups. Like, that's it. And I think their downfall is how ISO heavy they are. Like, they have zero ball movement whatsoever as a basketball program. Like, how, how far do you think that they can maybe go? You know, it's funny. I, I mean, I was on them first. It's like the Tennessee thing. So I was on Alabama early, and, and I brought Rob along. Rob was on Tennessee early, and he brought me along. Well, the Alabama is looking a whole lot better than the Tennessee right now. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm kind of with you. I don't trust them completely. I don't, but I think they can get hot. Uh, by the way, that's, Gonzaga, that's, that's the other side. Gonzaga I think covered. if they're making shots, like, cause yeah. just because of a volume thing, yeah. 50% of their shots come from three. So they're already, like, if they get hot, it's different from them getting hot to other teams just because half of their shots are already three-pointers. So, yeah, I'm with that. I think if they get hot, they can but they gotta go run. Because they're going to have a game where they're, like, you know, five for 25 or 30 from three. So if they don't guard, and that's where I think John Petty is the, the key for me, because if he guards, usually he makes shots. Hey, Goodman, I have a question for you. I have a question yeah. for you. Do you know who the best defensive team in college basketball is this year? By Baylor? The, by the numbers, it's Loyola. Loyola is the number one defensive wow. team. Wow. Ah. Do you know who number two is? Uh, I will say, I don't know. Is it not yeah. Baylor? It's not Baylor. It's Michigan, Alabama. Michigan, Alabama. Yeah. Alabama yeah. is the second best defensive team in the country, according to them. amazing. So, Where's you in that? Where's what? Michigan. Where, yeah, where are those numbers coming seven. from? Seven. It's, it's, yeah, it's Ken Palm. It's Ken Palm's adjusted uh, uh, fitness. Uh, adjusted yeah. efficiency, adjusted efficiency metric. That's a hard thing for me to say. Everything's hard for you to say. I'm, it's yeah. late, man. It's late. <laughs> this is a deep <laughs> member talking. What's up? This is a Deets chat member talking. This is a complete oh, no. point. Yeah. I'm What's sure up, this, is your worst, this is your worst nightmare. No, it's please. really not. It's really not. I, I like I'm, you guys. I like kidding. you guys. The only problem is when you guys add me. So for people that don't know, this is um, – uh, how do you explain it? I don't even know who you guys are, <laughs> all of you. But <laughs> go ahead. We're, um, I guess, a group of – I guess the most active St. John's basketball Twitter yeah. Um, accounts and then obviously a lot of not me, I can care less. Yeah. A lot of people love to poo poo on Jeff's takes of Mike Anderson when he first <laughs> hired him. And then from there, the snowball effect came and now he's become like a part of the family when he was villain number one. But um I don't know. I love it. It's fun. But um yeah, I just hey, you're relevant that. now. You have people talking about you. That's that's listen, that's a start, right? I mean they're, they're fun to watch, which Mike Anderson's teams generally were always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the question was for me, um, were you going to, you know, were you going to get enough talent? Were you going to be relevant consistently? Um, you know, again, I, I think this is the right year too, because the Big East, let's face it, it's not great. You got Villanova, you got Creighton. After that, probably you got UConn. Very good. You got UConn. UConn. You got UConn. As far as you got UConn. <laughs> with Booknight, yes. Without Booknight, UConn was just like the rest of them. 
I was mm-hmm. just like Butler, just like Georgetown, just like all of them. I mean, so St. Mm-hmm. John's got a good win against UConn without without Book. Then the big one was obviously Villanova. Uh, that was the big one for me that showed that they could beat really good teams. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm happy. I am. Listen, I still don't think Mike Anderson's a, a great coach. I think he's okay. I think his system uh, to me is just chaotic and it's up and down and. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of, of discipline to the way they play necessarily a lot of the time, but he has proven that he can take teams up a notch. The question for me is, and for you guys, it might not be because you just want to be like getting a tournament and, and who knows from there. So if he can well, get you the tournament, think, that's huge. I think that's what makes him such a good coach. And obviously I'm a little yeah. biased, but aside yeah. from Champagne and Posh on paper, if you want to just go by recruiting metrics, like this is a team that should not be where they are in the Big East. No, most of these players are probably uh, colonial conference players at best. Yeah, a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. So no, that's why his job. that's why his system is so good because he really he gets the most, and it, it he turns average players into great players just by default. Yeah. No. You. You listen. Well, part of it is he does it because of the style too. Yeah. Right. Part of it, the style, if you get the right players. And and again, a lot of times in the past, he couldn't get the top 50 players a lot of the times because you're not playing 35 minutes a game in that system. Mm-hmm. And kids want to play 35. They want to get big, big numbers. And that's generally not what Mike Anderson's system has been about. So it's harder for it. And I think he, he works better with the with the chip on their shoulder, unheralded kids than he does with a you know, the uh, the highly touted ones. Yeah, I completely agree. But um, obviously, with that being said, I would still like to get some high recruiting gems in here. We're still 10th coming into next year's recruiting class. They have, I think, one. Oh, high, you got to win. Yeah, you win yeah. and you get some momentum. Know. You know, if mm-hmm. you can get to the tournament, I don't, they're not there yet, but they're not as far off as you think either. If they, if they can win a couple more in a row here, what do you think they have to do? They have DePaul, Nova, um, DePaul, Nova, Seton Hall, and Providence left. They probably have to beat Seton Hall. It's an, impossible, it's an impossible question to answer, right? Like, you, you obviously have to beat DePaul at home. And then, yeah, 100%. You know, my, my guess is, you, you know, you probably got to win two of the last three out of Villanova, Providence, Seton Hall, and then you got to win some games in the Big East Tournament. Like, hey, there's no easy answer other than the fact that if you're coming from off the bubble, you've got to get really hot, and they've already been really hot. they got to stay hot. And probably again win three of their last four, or or you know, yeah, three. Of the, I'd say you got to win three of their last four and still do some some work in the Big East tournament. Yeah, yeah, I think if I, they I think win, that's what it is. I think if they win three of the last four, that would put them at eleven conference wins and over five hundred. I think that would, I think that would save them from a sweat. I think if they yeah. go two and two, depending on what they do in the Big East, then they're really going to have to sweat it, even though they'll be five hundred in conference. Yep. yep. Is is St. John's doing better recruiting in New York? Because that's always. Been I mean, their their best players are going to be the freshmen of the right. year in the Big East, and possibly, probably not, probably going to go to a Nova player, but a candidate for Player of the Year in Champagne, and they're both from Brooklyn. Their best recruit, next, their best recruit next year is a high three star. He's out of Long Island, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, and I, I thought it was smart too. The the one thing I'll give um, I'll give Mike Anderson credit for, and, and I I remember saying this because remember originally he was going to hire like. Coach K's, some relative of Coach K's who runs, uh, what's his name? The guy who runs the AU program. 
in New York. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, forgot his name. Yeah, me too. So they were going to hire him. Munch? No. The PSA Cardinals? Or which, which no, boat, no, no. No. The Reds, Reds, right? Yeah, it was the, Eric something? Eric? Eric? Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, he ended up hiring. He brought TJ Cleveland. Obviously, he was going to bring him with him. And then he brought in two guys that are super well-liked in New York, and Van Macon and, and DeMeo. Um, and, and there was some thought, like, he was going to put, like, Paul Pressey in the road for a minute, or he was going to hire this guy from, you know, Eric, Eric something, Bjorg, I forget, Bjorg something. Yeah, I completely I forgot. I remember yeah. there was a possibility. I know, yeah. Happen, but, yeah. So he was going to hire him. And then probably, it might it might have been as simple as, well, if, he, if we hire him, we may not get players from him, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll not hire him and hope we get players from that program. But ultimately, I think he was smart enough to understand, and some people don't, that, you know what, you better – because everybody was saying, well, St. John's, you don't need to, to get guys out of New York. And I was, I was like, it's the dumbest thing ever. Of That's course, stupid. you don't need everybody. You don't, you don't want your whole roster from New York, but you better, you better have a shot at getting – you know, some good players out of New York, period. Cause yeah, they're, they're still, so he's done that with his staff, and, and I think that's helped him. And, again, DeMeo and Van Maker are super likable dudes. TJ Cleveland Ma- Macon terrific. is the one that's landing all of them. He got Champagne yeah. and Posh. Yeah, I mean, that those are huge. I mean, those are huge. And, again, I think people are scared to, to recruit in New York, too, to some degree, because – it hasn't worked out lately. Uh, a lot of the kids from New, New York, York don't want to go there. Like a lot of the kids that, right. that are from there do not yeah. want to go to St. John's. I remember I went to school to to Putnam with a uh, Hamlu Diallo, and this dude like was really like I would no never part, go to St. Right. John's. Like never. Yep. Like, and I was teammates last year with Kevin Marfo when St. John's was in was in their top five. He's from New York. He was like, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not going to St. John's." Like they don't, really? they don't want to go there for some reason. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what it is about the school, but like kids from there, they don't want to go there. I don't know. Well, a lot of a lot of the thing with New York is a lot of them don't even play high school in New York anymore. A lot of them right, are leaving to go play. They're, they're going to prep school. schools. Yeah, yeah, they're all yeah. New Jersey too. They'll go. And St. John's hasn't won. They just haven't. Have, they haven't won enough. You obviously, yes. You. What's the one cell? The one cell is Madison Square Garden, right? That's that's the big cell more than anything else. And I think even their dorms aren't great. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's it's honestly it's so much. It, where does everybody, every kid want to go? Like Chet Holmgren, where is he going to go? Gonzaga. Why? Why? Because they're winning. They're fun to watch, right? Like they run, they play up and down, they play fast. Yeah, Gonzaga is so fun, man. Right. They are. I mean, I just don't know how drugs. people like watch the exact opposite. Like, I don't know how people can watch Virginia because they're just like the bane of my existence. It's harder to get excited to watch them. You want to watch Gonzaga? You know, I love Baylor, but they can do both. They can yeah. score. And they can defend like Michigan can do both, you know, like they're playing a little bit of a grinded game right now against Rutgers, but they can just as easily play in the seventies and, and maybe eighties. Oh yeah. Michigan's been a blast to watch this year. Yep. Just seeing They've the growth throughout their entire team. Obviously I'm a Michigan fan, so I am a bit biased, but just that whole team this year, man, it's, it's really been amazing to yeah, see them. No, they're, they're fun. All right. We're going to, uh, we're going to get out because, uh, Doster's got to get his beauty sleep, or else he doesn't look good anymore. <laughs> Why do you always blame it on me, man? You know I'm going to be up. <laughs> yeah, Doster, really. How many hours do you honestly? What do you average? Uh, right normally, normally like yeah. like seven. Um, okay. But running, running this uh, this this company, like yeah. five, four and a half, or five. 
Yeah, Dustin's usually up at like two in the morning getting shit done. Well, I'm well, I'm like a couple. Yeah, hours you telling me I need to get my beauty sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. What do you want? Yeah. Like I'm. I listen. All I know is when I was your age, I, w- I was covering recruiting and and college hoops at the same time. So, oh yeah, I, it's I, a grind. It's a grind. I get it. I get it. It, it is. So, listen, hey, last question to you guys. Ten second response. If you had yeah, to pick ahead. right now today, Gonzaga or Baylor, uh, who oh, you taking? Man. Baylor. I'm Gonzaga. I'll go Gonzaga. Yeah, go Gonzaga. I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go with the Zags. I and I hate do to do it, but I also think Baylor coming off a of pause, guys, having to play a shit ton of games in a short period of time, and then the Big Twelve tournament. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it too. I'll, uh, hey, Aaron, I'll put it like this: give me, uh, give me seven of those games. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want seven of those games. I think everybody does. I think yeah. everybody does, right? All right. All right. Hey, good catching up, uh, Aaron. It was good, good talking. Thanks, guys. For Appreciate sure. It, no guys. problem. Yep. Have a good, good night. Night. All right. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.